Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life-changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. We're your hosts, Devin. And I'm Mike. On today's show, episode 16, we're discussing the who, what, when, where, why, and how of shame. How to recognize it why it is the root of all disease and how to begin to heal. So let's dive in. All right. So for those of you that know, I love words. <laughs> and I love defining and comparing and really getting into what I am talking about. So what is shame? Shame, various definitions of the word include a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrongdoing or foolish behavior. So basically it's an awareness of guilt, a shortcoming, or a wrong or foolish behavior. It's a painful feeling. So clearly these are all subjective, right? Like a shortcoming or foolish behavior according to whom? Right, like who sets the standards that we see ourselves failing to meet? And like why why do we think that the standard that applies to somebody else or that they apply to themselves should also apply to us or anyone, you know? Right. Like there's some universal standard and expectation and right. guideline. Yeah. For all of us, for every single mode of interacting or speaking or thinking or feeling. And so any deviation from that is a shortcoming or wrong or foolish behavior, right? Wrong, I'm being sarcastic. So shame is a tricky, insidious, mysterious emotion, yet truly it's at the root of all human suffering and disease. It's responsible for the there's something wrong with me story and is responsible for the creation of the things that we dislike in our lives. Yeah, and one thing that I've noticed as we talk about shame just in our own conversations is how I had been identifying shame as pridefulness. So, like, I thought I had a lot of pride around something, but really that's just the... It's like a mask that shame wears, you know? Like, if I'm really prideful about being such a smart guy, that's really just a sensitivity and a shame and a vulnerability about my intelligence, and I don't want to be perceived as being unintelligent. Right, and that's actually perfect for what we were talking about in my Facebook group this month, and I'll touch on this at the end of this episode. I'm doing this whole thing about shameless September, and we were talking about the true definition of shameless living and what it means to be and live shamelessly and it's not this way that we usually think about it right which is like oh shameless shameless selfie i don't give a fuck just like being this kind of nuisance mockery of yourself and that's not actually authentic shameless living it's that is you still wearing a mask and not fully expressing something that's important to you, you're still letting it pass off as like a joke. So there's all these different ways that that shame can can pop up. It can pop up as pridefulness. It can pop up as wearing an armor of like being a snarky, sarcastic intellectual. You know, I don't know anything about that one. (laughs) Right. But really at the core, it's this this desire to like just want to be seen fully yet we carry shame around who we really are and what people might think because we all hold this thing that there's this this belief rather that there's this like universal expectation and standard for behavior and so any deviation from that results in this this feeling of humiliation and guilt and shortcoming and 
wrong or foolish behavior. The subtle creates the gross, right? Yes, tattooing on my forehead. And it is the shame that exists in our subtle bodies, our emotional, mental, and spiritual or energetic bodies that then manifest in our physical bodies and lives. So we are carrying this shame internally and everything that we do, think, believe, speak, act, feel is an outward expression of this shame that then creates and recreates our lives, our health, our bodies, our relationships. And so much of my life has been dictated by shame. I have struggled to like myself, let alone love myself. So this whole thing, you know, this like self-love movement, I get it and it's so beautiful and I talk about it a lot and I've gotten to a place where I really do genuinely love myself and I understand for so many it can feel like this elusive, far-off thing because we are struggling to just like ourselves. And this is all, again, these are things that are rooted in shame. I have felt small and awkward and uncomfortable and misunderstood and like nobody gets me. Yeah, my shame triggers have been feeling small or weak or unintelligent. Those are usually the things that I kind of bristle about. And like I was saying before, anybody acquainted with me might think that I'm an intellectual person, which is sort of true, but it's closer to the truth to say that I just really have a sensitive pridefulness about my intelligence. That's really beautiful self-awareness. And when we can get very clear, and again, well, I'll touch on this as we get into this episode, um, but the, the more clear that we can become about how shame lives in us and, and influences the stories that we tell about ourselves and the ways that we interact with the world, the better we understand ourselves and the better we understand like what is the true need here, right? And <laughs> we also can need to balance that with feeling, right? Because I've also engaged in countless hours of mental masturbation and hyper-intellectual pursuits in the name of finally fixing myself. I have sought countless answers and fixes and protocols to help me finally measure up to some illusion of an ideal. I have needed help and not wanted to ask for it because then others would know just how fucked up I really am. I have hated my body and watched as my health suffered, which then fueled more distrust and disdain, which then led to more health challenges. So that vicious cycle that we fall into has its roots in shame. I've denied emotional expression and flow and release because it felt trivial. It felt stupid and unproductive. And like, how would spending time with my emotional body and expressing emotions over things that are done actually be beneficial to me? I have spent a great chunk of my life being in a state of hypervigilance, ensuring I was on so as to not upset my surroundings. I have allowed my boundaries to be crossed and my needs to be unexpressed and unmet. I have moved around obstacles rather than moving the obstacles around me. I have felt like I was too much and not enough at the same time. I have felt disconnected from nature, from my authentic self, my own experience of my own divinity, and I have felt like something's just perpetually wrong with me for simply existing. So this is how deeply ingrained the shame story was for me for much of my life. These are things that I have personally been through and and so many of my clients go through as well because when when you're doing deep sacred work like this, you, you tend to attract people who are you <laughs> from, you know, many years ago. And so there's always that, that deep connection and that deep bond and I see so much of, of myself and them. And so unraveling this, this shame story and seeing the different ways that it lives in us is so liberating. And from there, we can really begin to see our authentic selves 
and create our lives in a conscious, intentional manner. Yeah, I know that I have not always been so conscious and intentional and uh yeah there's been some negative consequences for my sensitivity my the shame that i didn't want people to see i know that i've pushed people away because i didn't want to seem like i didn't know what i was doing you know um to make a long story short or as short as i can when i was a kid i didn't have anybody there to explain things to me so i had to figure things out on my own basically and sometimes i failed at that and I didn't know things that other kids knew which led to some humiliating experience for me at a very young age so that's something that I've been basically compensating for my whole life and it's taken me a while to figure this out so I developed this facade of like I've got this I know what I'm doing and people started to believe it like oh Mike doesn't need help or he doesn't want any help and I think that's the worst is that when people see that you need help but they also see that you have some kind of shame defense going on. You have some kind of prideful prickliness. And they might not even put it in those words or understand it like that, but they, they get the signal to stand back. So they people that could have helped me or been positive influences in my life were pushed away by my air of pridefulness, you know, which was really just that brittle mask that I was using to hide a very vulnerable sense of shame about the way I grew up. The first time I received my own assignment in the Navy, I had a mild panic attack because people thought that I could do something that I knew was beyond me. And all I had to do was ask for help but there was such a huge mental barrier that just put up this insane amount of resistance. And yeah, I, that was a very rough day. But eventually I asked for help and it was no big deal. And that's always the crazy thing is that like we have so much shame and like we don't want people to see this weakness that we have. But usually when you do finally come out with it and say break down and say, okay, I need this help or I need this support. Uh, in, in my experience, at least, and maybe I've just been very fortunate for this, but I think it's probably true for most other people as well, is that you'll find the help that you need and you'll find the support that you need. Especially, you know, there might be some people out there that have their own stories and if you're vulnerable, you know, they might be mean, they might be jerks, they might laugh. I don't know. But chances are you do know somebody in your life or you can find somebody that you can be vulnerable in front of and you can get the help that you need. And that was what I found. I found somebody that could help me. And uh, it was no big deal. You know, they were supportive and I ended up being really, really good at that job, but only because I opened up. That's such a beautiful example. And I love that story. And I love that you shared that story. That self-awareness piece is so crucial when we are embarking on this, this journey of embodying our our true essence and seeing the way that shame shows up because it's all shame and i've been working on this and and analyzing this for so long and i've finally just come to the conclusion that yes it is all just various shades of shame at its core and i love what you said about asking for help and how we do have people in our lives that we can be vulnerable with and that we can open up to and i would also caution because sometimes we're so deeply entrenched in our shame story that the ego wants to perpetuate its story and, and stay correct, right? And get to say, I told you so. So that sometimes, and I've, I've had people share this with me and I've experienced this as well. Sometimes we will go share something with somebody intuitively and in our highest self knowing that this isn't the best place. This isn't a place I'm going to be incredibly supported or, or received. And that ends up happening. And then the ego just gets to be like, ha, 
see, I told you, you are just, you're fucked up. Right. No one can help you. You're beyond help. So, so you drop this bomb on somebody, <laughs> they don't know what to do with it, and then you say, you get to say, like, see, I knew you couldn't handle it. I am so shameful, and I am so just wrong, right. and this person can't handle it, and it kind of makes us shut down further. But when we all look back, and we've all experienced this, and when we look back, we're like, oh, actually, like, that wasn't, and I knew it wasn't a safe environment, or, or the because... Right of, of the way that I was behaving at the time or living my life, I was only attracting people who couldn't necessarily jive with that level of truth. So it's like they, they couldn't handle it and weren't in a position to fully receive it. So just an interesting, another element to, to think about. What it all comes down to is this, whatever we are resisting is simply fueling the shame. So whatever you're resisting is supplying fuel to the shame. The parts of ourselves we're not relating with and not witnessing and loving are feeding the shame. The wounds that we're ashamed of having can't begin their sacred transmutation process. So the wounds that we're ashamed of having, the wounds that we're resisting, the wounds that we're just kind of like, you know, they're here, we're not really relating with them, they're just kind of like this, this dead weight that we're carrying around with us, they cannot begin their sacred transmutation process. Meaning they cannot turn into the gifts and the purpose for our lives that they're meant to be until we begin relating with them and, and, and work with the shame we have around them. We're all carrying a legacy of pain and trauma that breeds shame and unworthiness and the illusion of separation. And my sacred mission in this life is to not only bring awareness to the fact that shame exists and is the root of all of our suffering and physical disease, but to also heal it through transmuting it. And you know I don't believe in letting go, in the sense of forcing us to remove a piece of ourselves and our stories. And refer back to episode 10 when I discussed why letting go is bullshit and what to do instead for more on that. Trying to let go of something is impossible and simply breeds more dis-ease and resistance, and therefore shame, because it's not actually possible, right? So then we're like, oh, I'm not doing this right. I'm not letting go right enough. I have this thing I need to let go of in the first place. I'm fucked up. I'm shameful. Oh my gosh. So it's it just breeds more disease and resistance and shame. It just keeps going. When we've been through something, we're changed on all levels. Physiologically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of it. And often it's the resistance to this change that breeds the shame. We're ashamed of not being the same anymore. Rather than letting go, what we can do is transmute our pain and turn it into something else entirely, change the way we relate to it, and let it become the gift that it really is intended to be. And much of our shame is about things about ourselves that are transient, like our bodies and our emotions, the very feminine or spiral principles of ourselves, and we'll touch on that more in the next episode. Shame also presents itself when we internalize things that occur around us or to us. So the main sources of shame, just to recap, are things that are transient about our existence, so our bodies, our emotions, and things that occur around us or to us that we then internalize. So as an example, you know, my body is transient. She changes constantly on a daily basis. As I'm sitting here right now, she is changing. She's not the same as she was when she woke up, you know, several hours ago. 
she shrinks and grows and waxes and wanes and bleeds and excretes waste and more. And in our culture, our bodies are a huge source of shame. Huge source of shame. I mean, probably the main source of shame. Don't get fat. Don't age. Don't let anyone know you poop. Don't let anyone know that you have a moon cycle. Like, God forbid, right? And as an example of things around us that we internalize, we can look to our family and early upbringing for examples. So I, I've talked about this a lot. My mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. These traits are undesirable and unhealthy. I internalized this shame of her shortcomings and wrongdoings and the way she lived, the way our lives were when I was little, were socially unacceptable and uncomfortable and therefore shameful. Not to mention the fact that, you know, so much of it was was shrouded in secrecy and not really talked about. And so there are all of these shameful pieces around me that I internalized. And that's so common. And so right now, just reflect for a moment. What transient things about yourself are you ashamed of? And for women, for a lot of us, and for, for men as well, actually, and I might actually bite my tongue and say, maybe it's worse for men. And Mike, I'll pose a question to you in a moment, but it's our emotional bodies. So expressing emotions. And I know for my own experience as, as a woman, it's, oh, she's hormonal. She's overreacting. She's dramatic. What a drama queen. And so there, there's shame around expressing emotions. And this, this part of me is meant to be in motion and to be expressed and to not stagnate. It's a very transient level of my being. And because there's shame around it and there's shame around expressing it, these things stagnate and then cause dis-ease. And, you know, same thing with the example of the body. So which, which parts of yourself that are transient, and I mean, it's like every single part of you, if you want to get down to it, is impermanent and not going to be here forever in the same way that it exists. Which part of yourself are you carrying some shame around that you can kind of presence right now? And then also, which things have you internalized from others? Maybe it's something that, that happened to you. I, I, in my own past, have a history of a couple of unwanted sexual encounters that I internalized and feel very shameful about. And some work I have done on that and, and some healing around that is that's a perfect example of, of taking somebody else's behaviors and somebody else's actions and internalizing them and, and then I carry the shame. So just different sources of shame in our lives that we can begin to look at and bring awareness to and awareness is that that first step so that that looking at what we are carrying. So I just said a lot and Mike looks like he wants to say a lot. <laughs> right. So what was your what was the question about uh, from a man's perspective? With expressing emotions. So our emotional bodies are also a source of a ton of shame. They're also a very transient, ever-changing part of us. And, you know, I gave the, the woman's perspective, right. especially in my own experience. She's hormonal, she's this, she's that, so we just shut down. And then as I was saying all of that out loud, I was like, well, shit, it's probably almost maybe worse for a man, because it's expected, right? The, the stereotype, the right. shameful stereotype, it's expected that I'm going to be a little fucking crazy and hormonal and, right. oh, emotional. And so I was just like... Wow, from there's, a man's perspective, what's... Yeah, and there's one key word that I wonder if you get triggered by this, because I know some women do, the word hysterical. Like, for a while, that, that word, I think, was, like, weaponized against women. Like, oh, she's a woman. She's being hysterical. Like, of course she is. She's a woman. I completely agree with that, and we can... That could be a whole other... That's a whole other subject. A whole other show. Right. 
So, yeah, but from the, the man's perspective, I think that it's, uh, it's changing. It's definitely changing, for sure, being the shame around emotion. Uh, it's still there a little bit, but I think for the most part, it's been recognized as an archaic sort of thing. Um, but traditionally, if a man did have some sort of display of emotion, then it was it has to be conducted in a very specific sort of way so that he's still maintaining his composure and it's a controlled display of emotion in that case it's just seen as like a passionate feeling so a man is either in complete control or he may have a passionate sentiment like being overwhelmed with pride or some other glorious machos <laughs> whatever setting but yeah for the most part it is pretty uh especially anything that can be seen as weak or vulnerable you know those things are considered very shameful absolutely um but going back to what you were saying about your mother, that was something that I certainly could relate to, and I wanted to uh, chime in if we have a few minutes, is that I know my own mother suffered a lot of abuse and isolation in her early life. And I just want to throw in really quick, because we do talk about our own mothers a lot, it's not like that we're ragging on mothers or blaming mothers for things. It's just that I think as humans, we have an extremely deep connection to our mothers. We all do, because that's where we come from. So obviously when we look back at our lives, like your your father may have only been in your life for the amount of time that it took to conceive you and then left. You know, sorry if I'm getting off on a tangent there, but I didn't want anybody to think that that was like we have some agenda where we're picking on moms. Oh, geez. No, thank, and thank you for, for presencing that because, yes, I suppose that there has been a lot of that talk. And it's also just a very big piece of my story and of your story. Right. And... So as individuals, we have that. But also they're just mothers are very important. So they will get talked about. Go check out last week's episode when we talked about the, the mother wound. I Yeah, that was my favorite episode so far. Yeah. So as I was saying, I know that my mother suffered a lot in her childhood and I think that she tried to force herself to be an outgoing person for a while. That's when she met my father but she couldn't escape her old traumas and eventually she withdrew from society and took me along with her and her shame kept her in isolation and like I said that developed into a sensitive pridefulness for myself because in her isolation I was isolated and that made it even more difficult for me to be a functioning adult and then I perpetuated that isolation and that shame and it just showed up as a, a constant cycle. That's truly how it exists I mean, that's we talk a lot about an ancestral trauma and and this is truly a legacy of of shame that we are all carrying that's all passed down. And I mean, you've you've done so much healing work around this and and truly breaking that that cycle. So as I said, shame is caused by resisting some part of ourselves. And in that resistance, we live in a constant state of inner conflict and turmoil and are constantly ashamed of the part of ourselves we've been programmed to believe is unworthy or invalid. Shame impacts the physical body in a variety of ways. It registers as a stress response, which is a killer to the physical body and the root chakra energetically. And if you haven't, I invite you to check out our chakra series episodes. They were episodes four through seven, and also the dis-ease process, which was episode three, where I fully break down stress's impact. If you visit 
innerspark.life backslash chakras, you'll see the chakra series episodes all in one place and you can bookmark that blog page if you want. You can download the episodes directly or listen or subscribe to that podcast and there's links for doing that and also the ebook is right there as well. Basically, when shame is dictating our lives, we're in a state of survival and fight or flight mode. We're wearing armors and personas to mask these shameful parts of us by any means necessary. And when we've been so programmed into believing that most everything about us is shameful, including our bodies, you can see how we're all truly a bunch of stress cases. And that stress is coming from this this sense of shame. And simply being alive on planet Earth in 2018 results in a nervous system that is way too jacked and wired just anyway. I mean, truly, if, if you live like in a very simple utopian society, if, if you're still kind of around uh, gadgets and gizmos and Wi-Fi and all of these things, I mean, just that alone is, is very stimulating to the nervous system. So then we add in the berating inner critic and the shame that's living in our subtle realms and you're really creating a recipe for, for ill health. And there's a reason that you've tried everything, and I had too. All the protocols and all the herbs and all the supplements and 50 different fucking diets and there are new ones all the time. I think like what the carnivore diet is the newest one right now. So there, there's a reason you've tried all these things and not found relief because the relief is to get inside. It's to get to the subtle cause. It's to get into what shame stories you're carrying that are literally dictating everything that you do and everything you believe and everything you think and everything you accept because all of these things are creating and recreating every area of your life. And this is meant to be exciting. Like this is the most exciting thing that I realized in my life so far because this puts you in the driver's seat and not in a state of being reliant upon external fixes or external validations. It's just to have this realization and to fully accept this requires getting into the shame. So really getting into that discomfort and kind of challenging it. And so beginning to unravel this shame, how do we, how do we do this? Why do we want to do this? I mean, if, if we're not like sold yet that it's here and it's dictating so much, here are some other things to consider. Shame prevents us from experiencing true intimacy, from living our purpose, from getting our needs met, from expressing ourselves fully. We are going to have a very difficult time getting close to others in any relationship. We're all coming from this inauthentic place because we're terrified of really being seen. Shame prevents us from expressing our passions and living our purpose because we don't want others to know what's important to us or what we've been through. And it feels just super transparent and like uncomfortable. We're ashamed of our needs so we don't ask for them to be met. We're paralyzed in a little prison of our own creation, wanting to be seen and not wanting to be seen and wanting to create waves and live fully and not wanting to rock the boat, and envisioning more for ourselves and then quickly questioning our worthiness or capability of having that vision manifest. So how can we find more nourishment in our lives and heal these shame stories? First and foremost, and I think I've made this clear so far in this episode already, we must presence how shame is living in our lives and in our bodies and in our thoughts and beliefs because it's here. You have a belly button and two ears and two eyes and also are carrying shame. It's just that matter-of-factly. And so if we can drop the shame around the shame, some magical shit can begin to happen. And I have allowed myself to be so ashamed of the massive shame I have carried 
that it held me back in so many ways for so long. So please don't, don't be like me. We've all wasted enough time. And I, I don't want to say waste. It was necessary and we have learned and we have grown. And so now is the time to remove this, this block, this, I just have this vision of all of us being strapped to like, uh, oh my gosh, I wish you all could be in my head. Those old timey prisoners when they were like being stretched ankle no 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 when they were ankle shackled to like a big boulder you know that's that's what i'm seeing and the the invitation it's time for all of us now we, we don't need to carry it that way we can turn that boulder into something useful maybe there's like a diamond inside or you know so that is the way that the shame is existing now and we don't need to live that way any longer like it's we're done no more done 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 so I leave you with these things to think about. How is shame showing up in your body? And how is shame showing up in your life? And in your body, it could be, I mean, what, what physical health challenges are you having? They most definitely have their roots in shame. How is it showing up in your life? Are you not fully expressing yourself? Are you not living your purpose and your passion? Are you doing work that does not inspire and enliven you? How is it showing up in your relationships? This could look like not getting your needs met, not having really satisfying relationships, and it doesn't have to be intimate, you know, romantic ones, just good nourishing conversations, really feeling understood and seen. In romantic relationship, are you being received? Is there satisfying physical intimacy, right? So how is shame showing up? And what would you express if you knew that you'd be completely received? And more than that, what are you absolutely terrified of having others see? So what is that one thing or a few things that you're just like, oh, that would ruin me. That would be the end of my career, my relationships, my whatever, if people saw this or knew this. Like, what is that? Because that is, is a fantastic entry point. Because it's not just that thing. That thing is the symbol. So whatever the theme of that thing is, that is like how your unique shame story is living, right? Mm -hmm. So this month, I've created Shameless September. Follow along with me on social media and please join my Facebook group, Transmuting to Nourish, Awaken and Thrive, where I'll be posting little challenges and you can receive some one-on-one -on -one support in there if you participate. And it's it's been a really beautiful process so far. So I encourage you to get in there and join in the fun with me as we unshackle ourselves and, and, and recreate what these boulders can be because shame and these stories can be real gifts. And so let's let's find what that gift is. And I think that's all the time we have for today. Babe, did you have anything else? Just one last little thing. Uh, you had mentioned how much the ego loves saying I told you so. Mm -hmm. Even if the thing that it's telling you is damning and painful. Like, if, if your ego has some story that you are just sick and bound to be sick and destined to be sick, then sometimes when you're getting the medicine that you need, your ego can resist that. And I've known that it's come up for me uh, that sometimes Devin will say something that I won't like hearing <laughs> because part of my ego knows that she just pulled out that kryptonite. And so if you're hearing that you might have something in your life that is related to shame and you don't want to look at that shame because your ego does not want to deal with it, then just know that that's an invitation to press ahead. That's it. Totally. Thanks. Oh, that's why I love you. You're just like... Yeah, just wrap it up. Yeah. 
nice little package. Totally. You're just a little digestive system. I always lovingly call him that. He's like, takes all this input and then... Digests it. Digests and gives, so it's not like a piece of poop. No, you, I give you the nourishment. You give me a little gold. It. I give you the vitamin from it, whatever the vitamin was. Give me a gold there. nugget. Yeah. Okay, this has gone on long enough. All right. Or has it? You know, I we mean... We can keep going. I feel this is a comfortable place. I hope <laughs> the listeners were comfortable when they sat down to listen to this because... It's, it's like when you have a conversation with an old friend and you just like, oh, where did the time go? Right. And truly, I, if you have listened this far and you are still here, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I've been receiving, we've been receiving such beautiful feedback lately and it means so much because when we started this, we were super nervous and like all the stories, right? The shame, all the things. Because it's, it's an ongoing process where always, all of us, myself included, I'm still sharing in this human experience with you, are always evolving and, and growing and, and leaning into the resistance. But as Mike said, if, if we keep shying away and resisting the resistance, I mean, we just we don't really get anywhere. So we've leaned into it and have kept creating shows and the feedback and the little following and I love all of you very much and so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Speaking of the feedback, what was the Facebook group again and how can they find it? It's Transmuting to Nourish, Awaken and Thrive and pop on Facebook and search for it or search for me. I'm on there as Devin Ray Battaglia, B-A-T-T-A-G-L-I-A and uh, send me a friend request or a message do it. I believe the link is also on the website, innerspark.life. So there's tons of ways. Technology can be so amazing to connect us all and to share. I mean, even this podcast wouldn't be possible without technology. So yeah, shameless September, let's do it. So that truly now is all the time we have for today. And if you loved this show and want to learn more, please subscribe to it. Leave us a review. Share the love with a friend you think could benefit from hearing these messages and visit innerspark.life to learn more. We'd love to hear your thoughts or questions, so deepen the conversation with us on social media at innersparklife on Instagram and Facebook, and join us for a shameless September. And please catch us next week when we'll discuss feminine shame. So much love to you until then.